podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. We are backed by Ladbrokes. Go to bet.chelseapodcast.net for exclusive specials and promotions that we have got you. Oh, hold on. This is nonsense. Oh, hello. Hello, this is the Chelsea. And there's some ridiculous people here. We're going to take your mind off football and all sorts of things. 30 the love. Sound of 30 love. A lot of tennis stuff today. Because actually, we're, we're getting ready for tennis. Because it's a much better sport, don't you think? I mean, I'm now a tennis correspondent. Gary is a, a tennis mogul. Gary Hayes is here, tennis King mogul. Maker. Yeah, absolutely. We've got Rick Glanville, who loves a bit of tennis. I tennis for my school. There you go. How many of us have a tennis team? Only posh schools. My team, my tennis team was wonderful. You went to a very posh school. I did. Well, second-rate posh school, please. You know, but and what about you, Andy? I've you... never picked up a tennis bat in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you've nicked a few, though. I've never, never touched. I've never touched a rugby ball, and I've never touched a tennis bat. So common. Yeah, you really well, are. What, I've had no reason to in my life. What, I've never, have, I've, what have you touched Golf that you're ashamed of? <laughs> it was the wrong podcast. A nightstick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, we're just going to rewind and go, hello, good evening and welcome to the Chels. We've got Gary Hayes, Rick Glanville and Andy Saunders Why, here. Tell us about your ter- tennis correspondent. What, 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 your, your terrorist correspondent. I am Terence correspondent. Yeah. Well, do you want to hear a funny <laughs> story about Kerry? Go on. So I was trying to set him up a another we, he'll talk to you about what he's going to do but then I was chatting to this guy I was like yeah Kerry's going to do it and he kept going Terry 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 and then he sent me an email going can you give me Terry's details so I had to call him on like sorry his name's Kerry Terry I'll tell yeah, yeah. what are you doing this weekend well, I've turned that job down I'm not working for somebody who thinks I'm Terry <laughs> it's Terence okay yeah. Terence correspondent that not, is my name not even in jest Terence no, not even in jest so yeah so I'm going to go and report on the Monte Carlo Open next week oh, so Sorry, it's the Monte Carlo Masters. Oh, you've already ruined oh, it. I just and, want to see and, if he and was for, for branding purposes, please, the Rolex Monte Carlo Masters. <laughs> okay, of course. Will I you get a Rolex? See. Do you think I'll get a yes, Rolex? Yes, on the beach. <laughs> well, clearly, one thing you won't be beaten on is research. <laughs> no, what's the point? But the other, the other Otherwise, fa- it's not fresh, is the it? The other fascinating element of this is Gary is your Boss. No, technically he is. Gary, you're his I boss. I know I am. No, he thinks you're his commissioning editor. <laughs> did you bar- commission him? Of course I did. Well, then you're his boss. I know I Brilliant. Am. So technically not. Kerry, have, have you finished the work yet? Come on. <laughs> Actually, I have, I have done it because I want a holiday when I'm there. Don't want to be caught up in all that tennis nonsense. Do you know do anything I? about tennis? Yeah, I do actually. Do you? Yeah, yeah. I used to play tennis. I like tennis a lot. Mm. Gary, do you know anything about tennis? Yeah. I know nothing. I don't even watch it. <laughs> yeah, I edit. The Ace magazine for the LTA, and um, you've got to be I, care- look. You're thinking about oh, I better be really careful what I say next. Oh, no, 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 because I'm thinking, oh, how can I promote this magazine so more people get it? Uh, <laughs> Wimbledon special released 19th of July um, <laughs> with, a, with a wonderful piece on the Monte Carlo Rolex Masters. Oh, that comes it? out on June the seventh. Okay, that so does. be ready for Wimbledon. Yeah. So, 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 Rick, you're, you're, you're a specialist, right? Why do we use the word love? Read the magazine and you'll find out because we have a um, a feature called an ace oddity. 
See what we did there, oh. and it explains little things like is that. Because you ran out of letters. Was, was that, was that your was. idea? Of course it was. Was it? Of course yeah. it was. But, but hold on, you say like I, I am the driving what, what force is, behind this is, magazine. So what is the answer? Read the magazine and you shall find out. You don't know, do you? So, so no, Rick, you're, Rick you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're something of a polymath. You know, you're, yeah. a, you're a man with fingers in many pies. Have you ever written about tennis in your many years of journalism? No, I actually did the BBC Question of Sport board game. <laughs> did you? In about the late 90s. <laughs> what, what, writing yeah, the questions? For someone who detests rugby as much as I do, it was a real chore. Um, but I, having said that, Paul Ramon Games, I tennis, think it was. Though. No, no, question of sport it was. Question uh, of sport, but you did rugby, you just Oh, you have to do... All, all sports, of sport yeah. is all sports, yeah. All sports. Okay. So I, I had meant, to do all of them. It's not I question like of tennis. football, it's yeah. question of sport. All right, then you start getting in that. I remember that game there. very well, though, because we were playing it around my brother's mates. No, yeah. the, the question of sport one, because yeah. one of the questions was, who's the goalkeeper for Sunderland in the 73 FA Cup final? Jim Montgomery, yeah. Jim Montgomery! And we, yeah, well, my brother got it, and everyone's like, oh, have you got this question? Have you got the answer? And all this. See, I knew that. Okay, there you go. Yeah. When was it? 1972? 73, was it? 73. Yeah. And, uh, he had a lazy eye, didn't he, Jim Montgomery? Did he? You wondered how he saved anything. But you know, but but who scored? Which, 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 which Chelsea manager? Bobby Ian Porterfield. Ian Porterfield. He did. Yeah, I thought you were going to make a self-entity. This is so Stoke who was the manager, wasn't he? Is that right? Stoke was the Sunderland manager. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he was. So yeah, this is better than talking about the it, game. It is, and what's even better is that Gary has sorted it out. So when I get to Nice Airport, there's oh. a private helicopter coming to collect me. No, there is. Oh. Yeah, there yes, is. there is. Do you want to see his that. itinerary? I've got it here. In my music business days, I did that. Yeah, I've, I've done it a few it's times. It's pretty but. dangerous. You want to watch out. But I've know, been in the music industry for over thirty years, and I've never flown in a helicopter. Have as you part not? Of my work. <laughs> no. oh God, I've, I've done it about. Seven or eight times? Yeah. Maybe more, actually. Quite a few, yeah. So, Kerry's itinerary. <laughs> Saturday, April the 14th. Helicopter transfer from the Nice airport to Monte Carlo. What? <laughs> there and back, private. And he's staying in the La Meridian Beach Plaza. Oh, it's a deluxe room with a it's sea beautiful. view. Yeah, it's lovely. Five-star hotel. And it's got its own private beach as well. Yes. What's the big restaurant on the right on the... Seafront now. I don't know, but I'll tell you when I put in yeah, for me expenses. <laughs> he's got many um, now, many fish restaurants planned, Andy, Gary, as you'll know. utterly <laughs> ludicrous that you're sending him. We'll have a trip to La Manga if you want that. <laughs> Is that golf? Well, it's golf and tennis, and he yeah. turned it down. I've literally known nothing about golf. I'll be brilliant. Let, let, I'll do it. I don't think you have to do anything. They just need someone to La Manga, isn't that, isn't that just like, you know... Spain. Yeah. yeah, it's Spain, but it's... Uh, Isn't that where they all go and, and have... Nick taxis. Nick taxis and have problems with prostitutes. Yeah, yeah. But the Leicester team happened. Didn't it? Stan Collymore and uh, Paul Dickov. Allegedly, cover everyone yeah. on that. Anyway, hello, good evening, and welcome to the Chills <laughs> for the third time. Here we are. We have Gary Hayes. We have Rick Glanville. We have Mr. Andrew Saunders. Um, I suppose possibly we should talk about this strange old week, this strange old team, um, and I think I suppose in a way. When we start talking about football, I think we should talk about, you know, Ray Wilkins really is a good place to start because that was a, a very sad thing that happened with Ray. And, you know, I think what happened at the game showed just how much he meant to a lot of people. When you consider that this man played, what, two years for the Chelsea first team and yet stayed Chelsea man through and through for everybody, came back, was assistant, you know, worked at the club. Everybody had something nice to say about him. Anyone who met him 
always had a nice story about him. Everybody had a, a, a generous word for Ray. So I thought it was quite incredible, really, the, the sort of emotional send-off that he was given against West Ham. And I have to say, the one thing I could not ever have imagined was how incredible the West Ham fans were through it as all. Yeah, as credit well. where Chris did. Well, of course, he was a big player for England as well, wasn't he? So, I mean, he, he obviously resonated on that level. But I just think that's testament to how he uh, engaged with all football fans, really, through his media appearances and, and, and the fact that, you know, what came across. I didn't know Ray Wilkins at all. He was once very nice to my son um, and spent some time talking to him. That's my only real interaction with him. But, you know, he struck me then as a very warm and nice guy, I'm sure. Rick and Gary have got a lot more stories than I have about him. Oh, yeah, nice, let's hear I've them. Got a nice story. So, um, the editor of the Chelsea program, this is in 2008, when he'd just come back under Scolari, and um, his girlfriend at the time, her dad's a Man United fan. So, he bought a picture of Wilkins in his Man United shirt and said, Oh, Ray, can you sign this? And he just signed it for him. And he went, Oh, you couldn't just write once a red, always a red. And the look of disgust on his face. And he just went, No! And just walked <laughs> off. I thought, Oh, brilliant. Well done. Brilliant. Because I suppose for those who don't know, Rick, um, Ray Wilkins never wanted to leave Chelsea, did no, he? No, no, he didn't. He played a lot more than two seasons for us, of course. But um, I think the key thing about uh, Ray for people of my generation is that Chelsea was veering into the wilderness when he came through. So he signed as a as a young pro in 72-73. And then he, after that, he broke into the first team, this young prodigy. And it was one of those things where you heard about this kid coming through and then when you saw him on the pitch, he was every bit as good as you imagined. And, um, you know, I remember he was made captain towards the end of the 74-75 season. He was only 18, wasn't 18 he? years old. He was our youngest permanent skipper. But it was the way that he could control games. And it was a team in, I mean, you could politely say in transition. It was a junk team. It was the, the last, of, last hurrah of the old, old guard like um, Charlie Cook and Peter Benetti and um, uh, John Hollins and Ron Harris and a young manager in Eddie McCready who wanted to, wanted to just get some vigour in there. So he, he brought through lots of young players some of whom probably didn't weren't quite ready for it but Ray Wilkins was more than ready for it and I can remember him you know he'd have Ron Harris alongside me be pointing telling him where to run so he could pass to him and he was a positive player all this nonsense that even Chelsea fans come out with about oh the crab he was never the crab at Chelsea Football Club he was at AC Milan that it was is, it. But that's Italian yeah. football. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's walking football. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, the point about him, he's, he could do anything with two feet. He was, and he was a, a pin-up as well. Um, every young girl in the stands had a, had a poster on their wall and every bloke of my age wanted to be Ray Wilkins. Then he broke into the England team. And this is a terrible team. A terrible team. And he was drag. he dragged us up got us promoted pretty much single-handedly top scorer best player on the pitch man of the match every week and then of course we get relegated again the system's changed Eddie McCready's gone they're trying to play him in a in a, a further back role whereas he, he used to play like a number 10 role and they tried to move him Ray Lewington further forward and him further back and he got he got depressed and I tell you this he told me this that he was on Valium he was so depressed about football uh, in 1978, 79, 
And um, if you think about that, that was prescribed for him. And he said, and other stuff. Um, and things, it, his mind was in turmoil. When it came to the end of the season and Blanche Flower said, oh, I've already, you know, do you want to go to Man United? He said, no, I want to stay here and get back up again with, with my mates. And he said, well, I'm sorry, the deal's already done. He was crestfallen. Um, he did very well at United, did very well at, all over the place. But then you, he came, which the thing that is so beautiful is he came back twice and to see the joy on his face to be part of such a successful set of teams, two teams. And, you know, you could see him, you'd see him in, uh, in framed on TV, licking his lips at how fantastic <laughs> the football was and how successful we were. And I think that for people of my generation to see Ray actually fulfilling the potential that he wasn't able to do in the 70s was just a beautiful thing. And I've got to say, uh, 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 you know, as our tennis correspondent has just been telling us, um, you know, we have lost a real ambassador for the club. And make no mistake about it. Every time you saw him on Sky, he's saying, you know, it could be Chelsea versus Man U, and he'd be saying, oh, what we have to do. And he said, oh, I don't mean any disrespect, but I am a blue. I am a Chelsea man. You know, we have lost that. There isn't a gentle um, but provocative and thoughtful, um, kind voice as an ambassador for Chelsea in the media like him. We've, we are really going to miss him. Great stuff. Yeah. Very good. Well done. Well that said. was really well said. And, and uh, one last thing I'd say. He also holds something that probably will never get beaten, and that is... 100% record as a manager. <laughs> was he managing against what? Was it Watford? Watford. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, I remember that, that game. So that's it. You know, Brendan so, Rodgers yeah. was the Watford so, manager, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. So technically, he's the greatest manager of all time for us. So there you go. I mean, there's an argument to say as well. I mean, I remember this very clearly. When he left Chelsea, and we never really got to the bottom of why he left, but he was, you know, asked to services no longer required, you know, mm. that we definitely went down you know as a team after he left because there wasn't that sense of you know that link with the players and you know I just it felt you know a lot of people looked at Wilkins going and the kind of drop of form that the team had around that time as being as being linked so he clearly had an impact in the dressing room didn't he yeah um I'm not so sure about how much of an impact he had on in that respect but I think what it did was it was a marker on a a slight a downward spiral that was happening anyway and I think it um, it disappointed a lot of supporters. But you know what? What a mark of the man that he never was bitter. He became a season ticket holder at Chelsea Football Club. Is that right? Yes. And uh, he never spoke badly about the club. And there are a lot of people in our past who could have taken a leaf out of that book who are still trading off Chelsea Football Club. And uh, Ray never did that. He was never bitter about it and he never complained. Mm. He understood, I think, fundamentally what uh, the issues were and he dealt with it. Okay, well... well rest in dealing, peace, right, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. God what bless a lovely, you, lovely man. Yeah. So, anyway, talking of uh, dealing with things, I suppose we should really start dealing with Chelsea-West Ham, the actual game. Um, <laughs> it's been a funny old time. This is... Uh, you know, I expected some sort of kickback from Chelsea to go out and show the world, well, you know what, we kind of had a difficult few weeks, but here we are, we're going to perform, everything's set up after the send-off for Ray, everything is geared up for a magnificent performance. 
And it was more of the same, wasn't it? Well, I don't know. I think we played extremely well for most of the game. I thought the first half we were very good. Look, the problem was we didn't take our chances. We yeah. weren't ruthless. That's everything else was perfectly fine. It everything was a great else, first half. Everything else lent towards a team that were able to create things, to play with flair, to play with solidity. They didn't create anything, West Ham, you know, for... for pretty much all of the game I thought the defence looked really good I thought the transitions were good I thought Morata and Hazard linked really well for, for one of the first times I've seen them there was a lot to like about the game but unfortunately we didn't take our chances and we got caught by a sucker punch so of course it's a failure but you know ultimately it, it wasn't a terrible performance and that's really been the mark of our season is that apart from a couple of games where we capitulated Man City and you know various other things you know generally we've been there or thereabouts but not able to put the ball in the net and, and, and finish teams off That's, that was why my takeaway from the game no, I agree I think we're profligate in front of goal and this is something that's been going on all season it, it's not just something that's kicked in and it's almost like we create so many chances when it's missed it's do all there turn around do we create that many chances six right, shots 20, on goal 20, shots. 26 the, how many of those were in the first half 26, oh, 26 shots six shots on target I thought they, they started off the game well and then they just sort of died lost out lost their way yeah, yeah and the, from an hour onwards, they were just... And but, I, but it's all very well to talk about chances missed. I thought there were a lot of half chances that weren't actually converted into decent opportunities. But it's our defending. You know, it's time and again we have this issue where we... Uh, uh, teams build up pressure against us for five or ten minutes and everyone in the crowd is getting uh, uncomfortable and saying... We're going to concede in a minute. Chicharito comes on. Everyone says, "Oh, he always scores against us." The inevitable always happens defensively. Four appearances as a substitute against us, four goals. Yeah, Mm. but it's true, actually. I mean, for all the things that we miss up front and the chances that don't get put away, I do agree with you. There are times where you just see the defence almost mentally crumble in front of you, and then they start getting. It's not just the defence. That is where I would disagree. I think it's midfield is a a big uh, area for us that we... Well, we've got a hole in there, and we Kante is doing so much work, and he can't be well, relied on to To be honest, all. and, you know, this is this is not really individual player blaming. I think Fabregas has been a passenger for, for quite some considerable time. I'd say, needs, he, I'd he say he's a passenger. In there with him. Yeah, I'd say he's he a, needs two in there yeah, with, with him. With a three, I think uh, he could work. I wanted, yeah. to, I wanted to qualify... What I say because I don't want to say him up. I think he's a brilliant player and he's capable of magic. And with the ball at his feet and his ability to deliver, I don't think there's there's many better in the Premier League. But ask him to run around in a two man midfield. Um, I just don't think he's capable of it and I don't think he was necessarily set up to play that way for us. But has been forced into it because of the epic failure of the Bakayoko purchase unfortunately and also Bakayoko had a horrible season of injuries and Who, sorry? drink water yeah and so you know I think Bakayoko was brought in to be essentially Yaya Toure and yeah. be that marauding attacking midfield player box to box player that's what we thought we would get Kante would then be able to play a, a kind of a sweeping up Makaleli role um, and the whole thing would be brilliant to support the front three it hasn't worked you know Bakayoko hasn't worked for one reason or another I actually feel quite sorry for Bakayoko but it hasn't worked Fabregas has had to step in and do that he's not able to make it work and if you look at the goal, you know, all right, it was a, it was a mistake by Gary Cahill. He should have headed the ball out or maybe got rid of it. But you know, he heads it heads it down. Rudiger doesn't clear it. You know, all the all the defenders are, are in the basically the six yard box area level. Where are the midfield on the edge of the yeah, box? That's, that's what you're that's, saying. That, yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the same with Tottenham against Tottenham. Yeah. It was 
you know, it, you know, it lay it back a, to the edge of the box. That's a shooting star. Yeah. That's a shooting star. See, and I think you look at the Bakayoko signing, and we were talking about it this time last year, and we thought that he was trying to go for a five, and the fifth man would have been Bakayoko, but obviously with with Cesc because he wants to indulge Cesc. And you, you saw it at the start of the season. It, when it worked, it worked beautifully. Thinking of the Atletico Madrid game, that was an outstanding mm. performance. But mm. on top of the midfield, one thing that frustrates me, and it's not individual player blaming either, but you're meant to be a world-class goalkeeper. Why aren't you giving the call to Gary Cahill that yes. that's your ball? Yes. Yeah, good point. Why aren't you giving that call? And also, <clears throat> and it's not because I love Cahill and all the other guff that gets thrown at me, but Cahill's in his position defending there. And as Pelicueta's come behind him, why isn't he giving him the call that it's his ball? Because it is his ball. Cahill's leaning back. Yeah. I agree He's not with getting the, a call from two players. I, I agree with the all communication of that. Actually, appalling. I thought Cahill had a re- really good game generally. I, I, I thought in the first half he looked imperious. I thought it was great. But, I think but, he had you know, a good game because he wasn't tested. West Ham were that poor. I, I, think, I think it was a mistake. I think you can get rid of that ball. You know, what, who, who, you know the, the coulda, shoulda, woulda, shoulda got a call, all that kind of stuff. You can argue that to the cows come out. And I think you're right. He probably shoulda got a call. Mm. However, when you in a situation to deal yeah. with it, deal with it. In the and final did, analysis, you know, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but I would also say, I, th- I think broaden it out and we don't look, for whatever reason, we don't look as stitched together as we were. We're not cohesive, really are season. we? No. Well, it doesn't we help with look, the changes at the back. We don't look well back. rehearsed is what I would, you know, if you were, we, we don't look like we're ready for a first night and we go out on the pitch and we, the defence looks uh, skittish. Like you, I think Gary's saying here where, where's the communication between the goalkeeper and the centre-backs? Gary Cahill is not a central no. defender. And that, you know, that he is, is a, a big defender problem that plays on, on, on either side of a central defender. That central defender is either Christensen or Luis. David yeah. Luis you know. might be back this weekend. Well, David Luis has, has been out for, for, for injury and, and other reasons. Christensen apparently is fatigued. We've massively overplayed Christensen this yeah, year. I, I don't think that, that, wasn't, that wasn't the plan, but it's been a, been a necessity. You know, Gary Cahill's had to come into the middle there and, you know, and I think has done a... a Pretty good job, but you know I'm a, I'm a Cahill fan like you are. Mm. Um, but but you're on that right, he's a left or a right. Yeah, three, and so you know that's that's not a balanced uh, back mm. three. Um, I think we've got a goalkeeper, a defence, a midfield, and an attack. I don't think we've got a team. I don't mm. think I don't think mm. it flows. And my big problem this year is that there's been a, there's been no transition. And if you look mm. at those teams in yeah. the top four, you look at Liverpool, you look at Man United, you look at Man City, um, and and even Arsenal to a degree or below us, Tottenham. they all transition out of defence. Yeah. Our ball is going up to Morata. Please hold that up. Please lay it off. You know, bypassing Fabregas gets bypassed in the midfield. He's yeah, so been, easy to bypass. I've been disappointed with that tactic. That long ball up to the. The, the sort of the, the opposition's worst central defender. Yeah, you know, I, I don't like. But when to see we try and play out a defence, yeah, we, we just get pressed down. to hell. You know, yeah. okay. and it's like we don't have yeah. we don't have the transition to do that. And what you need to do that is a box to box midfield. But you know what it is, Andy? It's partnerships, is what we're talking about. Well, there's that. You as know, well. and it's, you had them last year. Not just yes, it's but it, it's partnerships, midfield to defence, a yeah. defensive midfield, and a midfield to attack. You know, where you see them blending, where you see them actually hitting it off. And you don't really see that this season. Now, it could be lack of form, uh, all sorts of other stuff that's going on. It could be the World Cup. People are thinking, I don't want to get injured for the World Cup. I mean, I don't think make, that's it. Well, make no mistake, this, this is a, the World Cup is, a, from a professional point of view, it's the biggest thing in your professional life if you're a footballer. I think so a big you can't part help of... but be distracted by that. A big part of when we talk about chances missed and the, the general demeanour of that side as well is that I still maintain, I agree with the sale of Costa last summer for different reasons because the football Chelsea try to play, he can't play. Mm. 
and you just got to suffer while they work out how to play that way, Morata. Because like, what we should with him, but <laughs> I, I, I think Morata. There's a player there, and it's nonsense. He's going to go in the summer and next season. I think you're going to see a lot a better player. But <laughs> he was really good on Sunday. I mean, I'm not having any. I'm not having it from anybody. The one thing he's good at is the link-up play. But yeah. when when it gets scrappy, that's when he's yeah, not he's so not good. good. But one-on-one. I just think that that's something he'll he'll learn in time, and that's something that he needs to add to yeah. his game. But. Sunday's game was a Costa game because you think back yeah, to West Brom last mm. year at home in November. Mm. I think it was like game nine of the yeah. 13 winning yeah. run or whatever. Nil-nil, boring game. Fabregas puts his yeah. ball in the middle of nowhere on the flank and there's no player in that team that has got the guts and the, the grit to go and wrestle the ball for defender and score. Yeah, I agree. And that's yeah. what they're missing yeah. in that side. Yeah. We, didn't yeah. you're, you're like we needed a bludgeon. That's exactly. <laughs> okay, well, here's, here's another thought. I was talking to my friend Matthew this week, and we were talking about how much do you think we miss somebody like Steve Holland? You know, because we he seemed to be a real good connection between manager and players. Well, this is the, co- this is the point I was and making about Wilkins. About yeah, this, is, this is what I was saying about when, when Wilkins left, do you need that link between the manager and the players? I mean, I think that, I think it's really important. I think Steve Clark was really important. I think that Steve Holland was really important. They obviously went on to further their own ambitions. But, you know, ultimately, I think sometimes a be- people are better sergeants than they are generals. And, yeah. and I think that if Steve Clark had stayed or Steve Holland stayed, then, then you know, that would have been much better for their careers frankly because I yeah. don't think they've done particularly well, well as far as, they've gone, really. as, far as I'm concerned yeah. the wrong Holland's going to the World Cup what do you think I, no, I wonder I, I think when we come to look back on this season I wonder how significant we'll think the Holland departure the player departures Emanalo and Emanalo I think Emanalo yeah. probably will in the final analysis will be the, the key one that people think about um, well, they've definitely lost that buffer, haven't they? Which is what he wasn't a football man, but that's what Kenyon did with Jose and the well and Roman. And you've got Emanalo doing that with previous, you know, successive managers. So you know, there's, there's that void now, isn't there? And who's the so-called football expert that's going to be driving this forward? Well, that's. I mean, I think. Uh, funny enough, on my way in on the train, I wrote a list of reasons to be cheerful. Oh, great. I th- because I thought it might be a bit doer, this. It might be a bit depressing. In I fact, in, in fact, Terence is leaving the room because he's so depressed about things. You're right, Kerry. Where are you going? <laughs> you getting your list that you sent me. Oh, no, I've got it here, actually. Okay. But, but one of them was that I think it will make a big difference having a, a director of football. That um, do you think Marina will give that power up? I don't think she has that power anyway. I think she's been massively empowered by no, Roma. Oh, oh, right, right now. Yeah. Oh, right. I thought he was talking previously. Why do you think but it's that? not about whether she gives she, that up? I think. I think that when, whenever, 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 surprised if they uh, if it wasn't considered a, a requirement. Apart from anything else, you need that longevity. She has no football track record. She probably she has a network. Maybe she could be in that position where she oversees uh, people that have the football network but um, it does appear if you believe the press that they are looking for someone well history teaches us that give someone power they're very reluctant to give it up and and I think that you know if you have someone like Marina who who has been empowered by Roman to to be responsible for so many aspects of the football club it's going to be very difficult for her to give up stuff like that that power at Chelsea remains with one person it has been with one person since 2003 but she won't she won't lie down and just go oh fair enough I'll bring someone in above me no but it's in the owner's gift to say 
you're still there. And the way that club runs, it, it runs on the whim of one person. This, this idea that there's a board that's making all these decisions seems like a bit of a fantasy to me, that ultimately, if Roman decides, no, I don't agree with you, it's not going to happen. There's a board that consults with him and feeds back information to yeah. him to make him make the most informed decision he has to make. And but he makes it, them. Yeah. Let's face it, he doesn't make that many bad decisions, you know, considering how many he has to make. Uh, and I think... Uh, well, there's the big decisions that have got to be made this summer. So do you think we'll get a director of football in? I mean, I'm still... I think of, Hadiz, yes. I, I'm still of the opinion that Conte could end up staying because I think... Oh. I, you don't think so? No, not a million no, I, years. I, don't, I, I think he will. I think... Look I think, at his body language. Yeah, but, no, no. Okay, but listen to this This theory I've got. Is you know you is this my theory? Theories. No, I doubt it. And if it was, forget it. It's mine now. That's what us Terence correspondents do. Um, so, so my theory is Chelsea, at the moment, need to save a few quid for a change. So if they sack, it's not your idea. Well, maybe we came up with it together. That's as far as I'm going. <laughs> this is me. I've spoken about this on the phone team. And got, please, yes. Terence, continue. Oh, no. <laughs> I will sign off on this. Oh, but Jerry. <laughs> the Terry and Jerry show. The Terry and Jerry show. So, anyway, I thought, well, the club can't afford to lose money. So they're not going to sack him. Because they're going to lose, what, nine million to him and how many million to the rest, would you say, Jerry? No, well, it's nine. If they sack him, they've got to pay nine million to not him, if he right? doesn't, Not if he walks straight into another job. But this is the point. But, to extend what he's saying is that he's lost PSG to Tuchel. Has uh, he? Alleg- That's not done. Yeah, but that, that is, well, according to everyone else, it's done. And according to Rafa Honigstein, who's pretty well informed on those, a lot of the time it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Allegri's staying at Juve. So... It, that means Allegri is not going to be moving to another job to free up another job yeah, for him. The, 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 the domino effect. I know, I know, I know. So you look, you look at it and you start thinking that yeah. it's going to, it's got the potential to become this marriage of convenience where the club might not want him to stay, but then they don't want to pay him. He doesn't want to walk away from his contract either. So they just sort of stick it out together for another year. And I'd like him to anyway, because I like him as a manager. Yeah, he's got his problems, but I like him and... I think that it'd be beneficial to the club, especially when there's a void there where there's no one making signings and there's no one there with that football knowledge. Well, let's debate this while we go to an ad break. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. And we're back and the debate's been heated here as to what's actually going to happen. Well, You think he'll go? Yeah. I don't. I. I just think who's going to go? That is he going to go, or are the Chelsea going to sack him? I, I. I think it'll be by. I think it'll genuinely be by mutual consent. I think that he will walk into another job. I think there. There are other jobs. There will be other jobs. The Mar- the merry go round uh, will be there. The merry go the merry the merry go round will be there. Um, I think that you know we've still got Enrique as a, as an option. The Tuchel oh. deal isn't isn't done. The Allegri deal could shift. I mean, there's loads of options out there that, that mm. we could see. The fact of the matter is, he doesn't want to be there. The club doesn't want to be there he won't be there full stop well, I'm not sure and I don't want Enrique I, I, think it's, I don't think mutual consent exists in this because it, it's just going to be a standoff because he wants his money not if he walks into another job but I don't think he's going to walk into another job I think he will I, I just don't like, it's, like Rick says World Cup you yeah, anything can happen but as it stands I just don't think that there are the options there that he wants to take because you might get sorry leaving Napoli but he, he'll see Napoli as being beneath him and they're not going to pay him and you look in, you start thinking the jobs that will pay 
there's managers in those jobs. And I, I also don't think Roman will tolerate this level of failure. I just don't. He just no, won't I, tolerate I th- it. I think that's a, a likely scenario. But, we, but like, equally as well, though, do we have to talk about individuals? We could talk about what style of football or what we want from a. Um, the unit, if you like. So, if there is a director of football and a football board and and uh, the coaching staff and the, the things that we've been discussing, like a Steve Holland in there, what would be the what would it comprise of, and what would it, what kind of football do we want to? Not what they've tried to do. How do we want to recruit for? How do we want to recruit this for the squad could, for next season? Could, I'll say my tuppence worth first and then we'll go around the table I think that where Chelsea have always been really successful is when we've been muscular when we've been a muscular team mm, you know when yeah. we when we've when we've been um, able mean, to Lampard, Drogba, yeah, Terry, when we've, blah, blah, when we've yeah. been physical when mm. we've uh, you know when we've been able to smother teams uh, and, and, with, and when we've been out there and been able to out muscle teams and we've been trying to play this flowing three up front uh, flair football and it just hasn't worked and I just don't think that's us so any new manager coming in I think has got to get us back to being a muscular team almost kind of what Jose's doing at Man United really. yeah Jose buys by the yard yeah and I think you know Jose has the, all these theories about the height of defenders and, and, and the height yeah. of fullbacks yeah. you know and all that kind of stuff I think we need a manager that isn't going to try and play tippy-tappy football that's going to get back to us being a muscular and uh, and and winning-minded team that that's what I want that's what I want us to get back to that's what for me Chelsea is do you think mm. there's something to be said then that actually I I, we've been in you know, this is Gary's thought as well, is that this is a team at the moment that has been based around... any original thoughts? None. Why would I? Because <laughs> he's getting good thoughts from me. I'm getting good thoughts. So I go, yeah, I'll have that. That's mine. <laughs> anyway, I was thinking, right, so <laughs> Eden Hazard, has this been an exercise? You always talk about this, that this team has been an exercise in building a team around Hazard. Has it actually not worked? Yeah, it's And failed. maybe it's time to change yeah, it. Yeah, you look at the time when Chelsea signed him, they signed him six months after they signed De Bruyne because they signed De Bruyne in that January and then Hazard that summer. And it's, it's not to criticise the club. They tried to go down a route and of it's course. backfired. It's like, okay, you tried to change the culture of the team. You know, the, the team really extended itself beyond what it should have done. By, you know, but then the end point was winning the Champions League. And then you look at what Chelsea have done since then. The players that they've been signing, it also start, started under AVB, really, didn't it, in 2011 when they brought Matter in. But then you know, Oscar comes in, a certain type of player, and then they're signing you know, Schurler and other type of players, which remove the club away from what it was known for. And I think that it was almost like we got embarrassed to be winning the way we were because you had, oh, these football purists like Guy and Balagay. How dare you win like this? Oh, but it's okay for Atletico Madrid to do it, but not Chelsea. You know, it's just ridiculous. And I agree completely what you said. Chelsea and Who his are you team, pointing at when you say that? Andy, sorry. Oh. Completely, you know, this team has got so much substance but sprinkled with a bit of style. You know, and, and that style came from Maluda, Joe Cole, Robin and Duff, you know, those players that... You know, maybe don't get spoken about anymore because everyone gets caught up in this Ronaldo Kalu. and Messi world. Who do you say? Kalu. Kalu. Yeah. Well, but you know, and that's why we love Salomon Kalu. But you, you look at what <laughs> Chelsea was <laughs> and that Champions League winning <laughs> Salomon Kalu. <laughs> but but this is why I always hark back to that Chelsea side from '04 to '07, especially, is because that is what Chelsea. You know, I it, think so. For and, me, that's peak Chelsea. Yeah, and and what I loved about Chelsea is that they would turn up against Barcelona. 
And I'd say, yeah, we don't care how you're going to play because we're going to beat you by stopping you playing. Then we're just going to grind you down. And I just love that. I love that arrogance to be able to turn up and, and do it. And we've lost it. It's not it. just physicality. It was mental strength yeah. as well. And that's, that's what I mean about muscular. About it. yeah. it, it's imp- you're absolutely right. It's important to point out that muscular is not Sheffield United kicking people off the pitch. Muscular is or, like... Or is, is, is Yeah, it's, it's about having a physical attitude matched with a mental attitude. It, it, and yeah, that's what it is. It's that, also it's that, it, that whole thing of talking about the muscularity and things that Mickey B who was one of my favourite players during that period hardly ever got a start he would end Mm. up coming off the substitutes bench to take care of the game when it needed to be taken care of he thought this man can't even get into this side and he seems to still be happy coming on and doing a job for 25 minutes but that that was just such a great period for Chelsea for that six to eight years and you know I just loved that idea of the way you know they really bucked the trend because they were this the sugar daddy owner and you know oh Chelsea meant to be Real Madrid of England the Galacticos and it's like no yeah we're going to do it with substance and you know you might want to win it that way our theory is we'll win it this way and we did and we we might not have dominated by winning title after title after title but we dominated English football for a decade no, the Premier League yeah. no, you know, no team won more trophies exactly. no team won more trophies across the board than Chelsea yeah. the only thing we didn't win was this poxy Club World Cup that no one cares about anyway I care well, yeah, yeah. Do you care? Yeah. Do really? You? Yeah, because I'm a completist. It's like oh. not having the last sticker in the book. That's like yeah, saying Chelsea well. haven't won the combined county Surrey League or something like that. No, it's like, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? No, it's like saying, oh, Chelsea, because they've competed in the checker trade, they haven't won that, so they haven't really won everything in England. Do no, you know what I mean? No, 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 I'm not saying it like that. Oh, ah, well, then you're I, not I, just, I just see it as this pointless a, set bladder. with Rick. My sticker trophy. book is incomplete. It's yes. just a set bladder driven competition at the man of the match gets given a big Toyota key. Can I swap them for a Club World Cup? Yes, you can. actually (laughs) you can don't worry about it so I mean it it is interesting you know I'm looking forward to this summer because we know this is a year it's beyond just a transition this is a a year where we're going to see a summer of change Mm. and and all the way across the board directors of football possibly managers possibly some of our big name players I think it's actually quite exciting. I like. I embrace change. I'll I do as well. Change that. is as good as a rest. Yeah. And, all yeah. That. Yeah, and especially absolutely. after the misery we've had, you know, we've had the misery well, this had, season. There's lots of good, you know, yeah. season ticket prices have been pegged at the same level. You well, know. they can't really put them up, can they, this year? Well, they could. You know, <laughs> well, we they, might, the spades may go in the ground for, on the new stadium. That's another, that's another positive. Well, uh, you know, reasons to be cheerful. Andreas Christensen I think he's been a massive bright spot this yeah, season Mason Mount's been phenomenal and Perdue looks in, like he's yeah, I think Mason it. Mount's a really good call actually yeah, yeah. it'll be interesting to see whether he comes back and there, there are there's going to be one or two that will come back you know Mishi Mishi's going over to Borussia and doing doing his thing I mean Mishi could come back and, and a, do you see that he's the fastest player to he's got some ridiculous six goals, goals or something in about 30 years 25 30 but if Misha comes back right. you know full of full of you know beans stuff who knows and, and a manager that knows how to play him and that's understands that's, the, it. that's the key thing isn't it one thing I'd say though is that this is why I always say I don't think we we bought badly I think we bought a good squad this year and what we need to do now is sprinkle that stardust on top of yes. it and then you've got a good team again He's, um, you just need two or three players that can really change games and that's what I mean by the stardust and then you suddenly got a squad that isn't just capable of competing, but capable of winning things. I think that's the key thing. We need someone who is that Ray Wilkins of the uh, mid to late 70s, uh, Zola. We need someone who is going to be in there, who is going to be uh, 
introduce the magic that we, we've sort of lacked for a lot of this season. And we've relied on William and, and Eden Hazard and they can't always deliver and maybe they're not... I don't mean they're going through the motions, but maybe they're a bit pot-bound and they need yeah, a, yeah. a fresh inspiration, new patterns of play to, to pick up on. But we don't... We need someone in midfield, I think. It's got to be, a, I think, a, uh, a central midfielder can yeah, box to box. provide that... Yeah. Creative Maybe thrust. Ross Barkley could be that man. You know, we haven't seen him. I'm not. I'm not saying he's going to be. I would, but ne- I would never. I would never write that off. But no, you, you I, look I, at. I, you know, he, he's there. We know what he's capable of. I'd much could, rather see another player playing that role. But still, he's there. The 15 million pound man. My, my instinct is. My instinct says no. But you know, who knows? Who knows? Instinct isn't everything. It and, isn't. And pre-season, there's quite a few players who need a pre-season this year. Yeah, but and I maybe- see, you, you look, because it, it is World Cup year, it's a point I've made already, but you know, Bakayoko's not going to go to the World Cup. This is brilliant. Morata mm. probably isn't. Great. You know, the Barkley really isn't. The point about Bakayoko didn't have a pre-season. Yeah, no, he didn't. Morata didn't really have a pre-season. Drink yet. water didn't and have like a pre-season. Like you say, we, we turned up and not ready for the first night. We've been playing catch-up ever since. But at the pre-season tour that they'll go on will be trunk won't be an extended one. It'll be truncated because of the World Cup. So uh, and, hopefully and they'll get that extension of uh, no, exactly. of uh, being able to work with the with the coach. And most importantly, you've got a new book coming out. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that was. To be fair, that was right at the bottom of a list of about 30 things. Save the best so to last. thank you for doing that. Well, Tell us about your book. It's, um, and do hurry up. <laughs> it's an official history of Stamford Bridge called The Bridge. Okay. So I will be in the Saga Noren role. No, I'm joking. It's not that bridge. It's obviously the... See, so you, you're being really clever there because I know about Nordic noir. I know yeah, about you that. Did, you Saga Noren. You go, what are you I knew, saying? I knew he was talking about the autistic female police officer. <laughs> Exactly. There you go. That's the link yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> except you've kept it's for the Vision Sports Publishing, and it's going to be the uh, complete, the first complete history of Stamford Bridge. There was one that was done in the eighties that was pretty good, but I've got completely new information. I've got that one. It was a sort of paperbacky type thing. Yeah, wasn't it was it? soft yeah. cover. Yes. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I've got that. And I, I, there's something that I'll get liable if I said about that about the author of that book. But it's a source of frustration to me. Well, you can tell us afterwards. <laughs> I will do. <laughs> VSP, didn't they do Clive's books? Kings of the King's Road and... Yes, they did. You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that's really exciting. When's it coming so out? It will be out probably uh, a, a year or two. I start... I'm oh, starting... We're, we're start getting working a, a bit early with that. Ahead of ourselves, no, but we? they've signed the contract and everything. Oh, well, there you go. And it's if we're official. still friends, will you invite us to your publishing launch party? Do, we think do publishers still do that? Oh, well, you could do on your own. Does, do but the trend. Do still do that? I used to love all those junkets. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so that's us nearly out of time. Yes. Do you want to do a round-up I just want to talk about the under-18s this week yep, because they play in their second leg of the FA Youth Cup semi-final tonight. At Stamford Bridge tonight uh, against Birmingham City, they are winning three 0 from the first leg and are bidding to make it seven consecutive FA Youth Cup finals uh, in a row. Competition they've won six times in the last. If they eight win years. it, they'll match Busby's babes. There you go. Uh, haven't conceded a goal since winning it last year and have only one defeat in forty ties, stretching back seven years in the competition. And it's astonishing. Was it? That was the only defeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was against yeah. Norwich in the final. Yeah, and two absolutely. of them played in that game against us in the FA Cup. Final. Yeah, uh, yeah, the Murphy was one of them, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, would you like? Murphy. Would you like to talk about the women? I know. I just think it's fantastic what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. Um, there was a record crowd at the 
at uh, Kings Meadow for the last game. They're playing Wolfsburg. I know some people that are going out there. Wolfsburg have knocked them out the last two seasons in the Champions League. And really hoping that they can do it because I think it's a really good time for women's football. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And okay, so that just leaves us with a game coming up, which is Southampton away. I'm going. You going? Yeah. Going? So we've got a fortnight. I'm comfortably in my armchair at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I'll try and find somewhere to watch it from Monte Carlo. It's an early start as well. Actually, I'm it? not going. In your yeah. king room. In my oh, king you're going to be in Monte Carlo. Yeah, I might just watch it there. Um, yeah, we've got two weeks of Southampton. So what are our predictions for Southampton away? They are shockingly bad. If we don't beat they Southampton. They were quite good against Arsenal. Not really. They scored a goal and then capitulated. Um, I look. I just think they're crap. And if we can't beat Southampton, who we always beat, to be fair, we, we beat always beat yeah. them. Yeah. Um, we beat them there. We beat them at our place. You know they are terrible, and we should smash them three nil. Three nil, Rick. I think we'll draw next weekend, and I think we'll beat them in the semi final because I think Sparky will rest all his players because the league's more important. Okay, fair enough, Gary. Um, we will concede, and we will win two one. Okay, I think we are going to win 1 0. Oh, really? Yeah. Such pessimists. Well, it's a win, isn't it? Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm hey. in favour of a 1 0. Hey. Anyway, I know more about tennis than I do football. Yeah. The only football Festy. I know is from Jerry. Anyway, thank you very words. much for the, for the uh, lollipop sounds over there. And uh, I, I won't be here next week because I shall be um, very intensely involved with Oh, am tennis. I in charge next week? You are excellent. Yeah, <laughs> do I get to choose the guests? Uh, I think I've chosen them for oh, you. Okay. I think I think is Gary one of them. Well, I think uh, so. You know, it's like, yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, you said you wanted to come on and and go about where you'd sent. Oh, me. of course. Yeah, but we've done peaked. it prematurely. You, well, so. yeah, I've heard that's the story. Of life. Terry, we'll, we'll give an update. Terry, enjoy your chopper. Thank you very much, Rick. <laughs> he loves I, a chopper. I, I will tell you what it's like on that chopper. All right, thanks ever so much, everyone, and see you soon. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at chelseapodcast.net. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. Sports Social Podcast Network.